This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by You Betcha Ice Cream. Summer's here. No more waiting for the warm weather. And that means you get to enjoy a nice, cold pint of ice cream to cool you down and just really help you have that summer experience that you want. Now, the best ice cream in town, You Betcha. That's right. You Betcha Ice Cream from Grand Forks. You can get it at Sea Dick Run. It's phenomenal. Make sure that you follow them at You Betcha Ice Cream on Instagram so you can get information on all their latest pop-up shops. You can get some uh, information at what farmer's markets they're going to be at this summer. But most importantly, so you can play Trivia Tuesday. That's right. Every Tuesday, You Betcha does a trivia game with a question involving ice cream in some way, shape, or form. Winner's going to get a free pint of ice cream, so make sure you follow them, play along with the game. I have won the trivia, and it's well worth it. So... You Betcha Ice Cream in Grand Forks. Follow them on social media. On this episode, we are doing a lot of things. We are talking about the NCAA Division II Track and Field Championships, and we are so grateful to be joined on the show by Jared Gregoire and Braxton Brewer, two MSUM Dragons who qualified in the 1500 and 800, respectively. They're looking to have a big weekend in Pueblo, Colorado, along with some athletes from UMary. Uh, athletes from University of Minnesota Duluth, a lot of regional programs that compete in the NSIC are going to be right there with them. So we interview them, get an idea of how they're preparing for their big meet this weekend, and just kind of ask them some fun questions along the way. We also give a preview for the North Dakota State Track and Field Championships that are taking place this weekend. And as always, if you are an athlete and you're listening to this and you don't want any added pressure on yourself, make sure that you hit the pause button right now. Listen after the state meet. We don't want anybody to have any extra pressure heading their way as they get ready to compete. But if you are interested, you can get a good listen. Cam and I break down the 10 things that we're most excited for for the state meet. They're all kind of fun, all kind of different. Uh, very good nonetheless. So as always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We always appreciate your support. And we've had so much fun covering you guys so far throughout the season. If you really want to get more content from us, be sure to follow us on our social medias. We're also going to have a merch drop here pretty soon. So be on the lookout for that. We're really excited to get you fitted up for summer. But enough about us. Let's get into the newest episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And today we got two very special guests with us. Cam called them Batman and Robin when they hopped on the Zoom. I don't know if they heard that, but we're joined by Braxton Brewer and Jared Gregoire, two of the MSUM Dragons that are going to be heading out to D2 Nationals in Colorado. And did you say Thunderwolves was the mascot of the host school? I, be- I believe it's kind of kind of a wild one. Yeah, I, I'll have to Google that and see what it looks like. But Cam, have you ever heard of a Thunderwolf before? I've, I've never heard of a Thunderwolf. I think the closest maybe I was on a hockey team. We were the Sea Wolves. Um, so, I mean, that, that's probably the closest I've ever come to Thunder. I don't know. Thunder Thunderwolves gives a little more power, though. I like that. You know, need more their, teams. Their, sta- their stadium's called the Thunder Bowl. So oh, maybe, yeah. We'll be racing somewhere cool, I guess. Awesome. 
Well, obviously you guys are looking to bring the thunder at NCAAs this weekend. Uh, Braxton, you'll be uh, in the 800. Jared, you'll be in the 1500. Um, just kind of generally, uh, how are you guys feeling about qualifying and how's the body feeling? Uh, Jared, well, let's start with you, Jared. I, I'm feeling pretty good coming in this weekend. Um, just kind of mentally trying to take it. It's going to be taking it one race at a time. Trying not to worry about a different race that I'm not even technically in yet. Um, so I'm just going to worry about the prelims. Looks like um, in the heat sheets, there's a lot of guys from Colorado, so they're probably more used to the elevation than I will be, but I don't think it'll be too much of a factor. Going on. Yeah, Jared, I mean, you obviously, you know, kind of showed your stuff at the NSIC championships. Uh, you know, you know, you know how to race. So um, is that kind of the main thing you're just focusing on is, is staying competitive? Um, yeah, I just want to, I want to be leading the pack, but I want to, put myself in position. I could box in like I did at indoor nationals and show my stuff in the last lap if, it, if I have to. Jared, I was, I was looking and you ran like 154 for 800 in high school. You know, this year has really been something pretty incredible. What do you think you would attribute the, the trajectory that you've seen this year to? Um, honestly, I would say a lot of it is, Having another person to kind of at the start chase and kind of run after, I think Braxton really helps me kind of launch my career a little bit and get it off on the right foot. And I think college training sits a little different than high school training. I know um, in high school, my coach, his philosophy was always like, especially for guys that you knew that were going to go to college, he didn't want to burn us out before we got to college. I think um, that's definitely helped a lot, and uh, I didn't—I didn't think I was going to have these this type of year so far, and I'm just grateful for what I've done so far. Yeah, I mean, man, so much uh, of anybody that we talk to, you know, success just comes through like consistency and being kind of measured throughout, you know, a season, uh, through a career like high school, college, you know, whatever it is. So. Yeah, it's cool to see, you know, freshmen like you, you know, being able to recognize that. Um, and obviously, you know, having a teammate like Braxton, who's kind of been around for a little bit, uh, helps. Braxton, what has it meant uh, for you to have a young guy like Jared come along as uh, side mm -hmm. you in, in training and in racing? Yeah, specifically in training. I mean, I really got my – I didn't expect much out of I'm the freshman class. It sounds kind of bad, but I expected them to pull their weight and come in and do what they can do, but – I mean, coming in, it's a freshman, and um, he just really gave me a wake-up call. I remember one specific workout where we were just running at uh, Lindenwood, and we had mile repeats and then a 1K afterwards, and I was getting ready to hammer that 1K. In the last 500, we were really starting to starting to push, and all of a sudden, I just hear Jared come up behind me and sprint past me, and it was just like, oh, my gosh, because I was, I was working, and he was still lingering with a little injury and coming off of that. And it was, it was just a little shock, but it's, it's really nice to have another person here that can do what I can do and do better things as well, like in the 15. And I mean, he's got a better eight indoor time now. I'll be coming after next year, but um, it's just, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's fun. Cause I had Nadir to look after or look, look at and try yeah. and chase what he was doing a little bit, but it was a different, uh, different events. And now that I've got somebody in the same same ballpark as me. It's a lot of fun to just get out there and chase after him or 
look at him in practice and realize we're do- just doing the same thing and getting through it together. So, yeah, Braxton, your kind of ascent was maybe like a little bit slower. Um, so, I mean, you, you placed in the 800 at, at the state meet, um, but we really didn't, you know, see this sort of like national type, you know, caliber, uh, yeah. you know, in the 800 till, you know, maybe the last, you know, two years or so, uh, mm-hmm. You just talk to like the patients and did you ever like see yourself? Did you always believe that this was possible or is this a bit of a surprise? Um, it was, it was definitely a surprise. I mean, coming in, I was 156, I think high at state was my PR. I wasn't really expecting much. I kind of had a bad freshman season in my opinion with COVID and everything shutting down stuff as well. And uh, sophomore season was just a really grueling one to try and get through. And I think going into the conference meet, I was 155. And then I popped, popped the 151 and just realized like, Hey, if I got serious, I could potentially start running faster and faster times. And junior year, it was, it was pretty good. Cause I, that was my first consistent summer of training that led into cross and then that leads into track. And, um, I don't know, I just definitely sticking with the process and buying into the program. What we have with Milner at MSUM, he's just done a great job of laying out, Hey, this is what you can do. And if you do it, uh, I put on paper and training, it's, it's going to benefit you when it comes to racing. So you just kind of try to trust that and let it take it from there. And as you get faster, it's just, it's really encouraging in and of itself. So just pushes you to keep going and keep going. Yeah. Braxton, one thing that I've always appreciated about you is it seems like you never take yourself too seriously out there. You obviously are a competitor and you're trying to get after it, but like, Saw you after the Drake relays and on the field, you, you know, you gave me the thumbs up and the thumbs down. I still trying to figure yeah. that one out, but just tell us about kind of your approach to these races, especially when you get to a big meet, like, you know, NSICs, but even here NCAA mm-hmm. championships, what's the mindset going into this weekend and, and how do you not take yourself too seriously? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely, I definitely try to be a fun, fun guy to be around sometimes. Um, but Going into meets, I mean, I have just as much like pressure and anxiety that I put on myself than or that any other athlete you probably ask would have. And it's I mean, half the time I don't even want to get to the start line just because it's it's nerve wracking going out there, realizing you're going to be pushing yourself to the limits. But I mean, once the gun goes off, all of that goes out the window and you're just kind of putting yourself into the race and just doing it. But during the race, I like to just just do what I can, you know, if it doesn't if the cards don't fall my way, they don't fall my way. And if they do, I really like that. And the pressure builds for these bigger meets, especially, I mean, indoor nationals, it was, it was brutal just under the bleachers doing strides and stuff on their spare track that they had. It was just thinking like, Oh my God, I'm at the biggest stage that we can get at division two. And it's, it's, it was just a lot, but I'm grateful to be able to do it. And I just realized like, it's literally an 800 I've done. I don't know how many in my life, I can run two laps and just kind of shut your mind off for less than two minutes. So that's what kind of gets me through it. And as for Drake, I think that was a good race and a bad race. Time-wise, I was happy, but I definitely think there was more. So that's why I gave the thumbs thumbs up, thumbs down. Braxton, you want to speak to kind of your experience from indoors and how you're going to use that coming into this outdoor championships? Yeah. um, Making the final was, I mean, it came came as some of a somewhat of a shock to me it was definitely shocking during the race seeing seeing this some of the competitors go down and after that happened I realized like hey I've actually got a shot to push myself here and 
I was grateful to make the final and I'm going to take that experience and just kind of use it just because, I mean, I realized like I don't have to beat everybody and I don't think I can beat everybody, but the, I just need to beat so many to make, make it to that final. Um, and coming into outdoor, the heats just got announced today and I'm, I like the look of what I've got to, got to do. I haven't raced all of them. I've only raced one of the guys out of the, out of the six in there. So It'll be a new look, but I'm confident in what I can do in the training that's behind me. So I'll just kind of go out there and see if I can get a get an auto qualifier. If not, I don't think I'll be too far off in the next three fastest thing. Yeah, so a little little bit interesting. You kind of tipped me off to this. The the D two leader as he dropped, mm-hmm. he he's not going to be competing in the eight hundred. Or what? Do yeah. you know the story on that? Uh, I, I just found out right when we hopped off the plane, uh, my buddy from Mankato who runs the eight Tanner Meyer, he, uh, messaged me. He said, no, uh, Buchab, I, I think is how you pronounce his last name and check the heat sheet. And there was 18 guys there. He's the only one that dropped. And I mean, it's just kind of, kind of funky to see, but whatever's going on there is I've, I've got no clue, you know, but he, he was definitely the favorite coming in and I don't think anybody would have, would have pressed him too hard, but. I mean, now it's, I'm not going to say anybody's race, but now it opens up a lot of things for all of us other guys. Yeah. So Bukaya better on 145, 31 over a, a second faster than the next fastest guy. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, just looking at the heat sheets, it looks like there's a lot of guys, you know, in that mid 148, you know, low 149 mm-hmm. range. So yeah, dude, especially yeah. when it comes to like making that final dude, it's anybody anybody's got a chance and man the 800 is yeah. such a crazy race like mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know how many like nick simmons races that i've watched him just like come from so far behind or <laughs> yeah. have you ever seen you ever seen that uh robbie andrews 800 from oh, ncaa is it, is it no i don't think so what, what uh, year was that oh man it would have been like is it like 2011 or like 2013 or something like that yeah some somewhere around there maybe even as old as like 2009 i don't know look at dude both of you guys should look that race up because it's crazy so ncaa's d1 yeah. is at drake that year and mm-hmm. yeah just yeah an insane insane race like the 800 is is great yeah. you know so yeah anyway, and, and the 1500 too but yeah you know. yeah i think i saw that there was one second that separated me who was who's 19th going in and it's like sixth place so not there's i think there's a little bit of wiggle room for anybody to really work into you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah for sure mm-hmm. speaking on that a little bit jared you've looked up to braxton this season but uh who's someone that you've maybe modeled your racing after a little bit um is there a you know a favorite pro 1500 runner or somebody that you've seen over the years that when you go into a race you maybe like have their kind of swagger maybe have their moves or something like that um i would say yeah. Generally, I'm not, I don't follow like the running scene a whole lot, which I think can be kind of weird to other people. And I probably should definitely get into that. But um, I know like coming out of high school, um, I was kind of modeled by running after Isaac Baston because he was my teammate. Yeah. And I've always kind of looked up to him a little bit and stuff. And now I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, he's on the D1 stage. Now I'm kind of up there in the D2 stage. I think it's it's pretty cool to kind of see where I'm at. And I've always, I've always looked up to him, and now I'm probably just a 
Braxton. <laughs> My main motivation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really follow too much pro running scenes. I think right I think Bastion's a good look for Jared just because I mean, dude's got probably the fastest kick in the NCAA and Jared's yeah. shown that he he can definitely kick it down as well, just like that. Dang, I, I did not put that together that you guys went to the same high school. Yeah, dude. Bastion is like dude, he's one of the I don't know. I think he's one of the most like entertaining guys to watch right now in like NCAA D one. And, uh, you know, he kind of comes off as like pretty unexpected, but yeah, dude, he's got that, Mm -hmm. you got that kick and he's put up the times. So yeah. yeah. How, Jared, how much older is, uh, Bastion than you? Like four, four, Um, three years? I was a freshman. He was a senior. Okay, cool. That's awesome. That, man, that's cool when you can connect like high school programs that produce, you know, talent at, at any level, you know, and, uh, you can, you can bring it back to like a coach or a culture. Do you think, you think a lot of that was your high school coach or the, the team culture that, uh, you had or. Um, I think my high school coach, um, I, I feel like he definitely knows what he's doing. He puts a lot of effort into, uh, like when I hear stories from other high schools or the coach tells me to run five minutes every day. I'm like, wow, that's just, it's super, so bizarre to me. Like, my high school training was, I like for some people, it's kind of like adult down version of college training. Like, you're not doing doubles every day, but like workout specific stuff and like getting in your mileage. He trained us to not burn out before college. So, yeah, like purposely, you could say you didn't work us to our full potential, but right. that's you kind of are looking for that progression when you come to college as what college coaches are looking for. You, so, we're relatively low mileage and I think I, I think our coach had a bigger deal with that and I think um kind of just get lucky with some runners too but we've always produced decent runners we've gone our team has kind of stayed past seven years in running yeah well, I've stayed really good. section champs like five years in running six years something like that so so yeah I think yeah, I su- our coach. success definitely breed success and when you have people who are you know succeeding i don't know it just sounds like i'm repeating myself but people want to want to take part in that uh yeah. so yeah it's crazy how how like it can it can start with one athlete or one coach and and just grow mm-hmm. to you know something like that so so uh cam and i had a lot of travel just like you guys have had a lot of layovers in the denver airport we had some shenanigans over the years like Right now, you're—I don't know where you are in the Denver airport, but what do you guys do to keep yourselves busy when you have a layover like this? Um, I kind of just sit on my phone. Just went to the bathroom a little bit ago, so obviously got to get a bathroom break in there. Probably gonna search around for some lunch, see what we can find. Hopefully, nothing that'll upset my stomach or anything like that. Just because some some airport food could be pretty greasy, I feel. But um, I know if the whole team were here, it'd be we'd be we'd be doing some doing some fun stuff, but. Unfortunately, we just got each other here, so we'll see what we do. I know Jared's watching. Uh, Jared's binge watching all the Star Wars movies. Yeah, we'll say I haven't watched all the movies, but um, felt ashamed of it for a while, and now now I'm dealing with it. So mm-hmm. I'm on a, a new hope right now. There you go, Jared. What you said I? this this is your first time watching the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. respect. It's, I don't know. I it's, it's too late. It's too late in his life. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he was what he was raised on, but. I can't believe Star Wars wasn't a part of the curriculum. 
Yeah, recently I just uh, I just binged all the Marvel movies too, so I didn't. I wasn't a big movie watcher as a kid, so now I feel like I need to catch up. So uh, I caught up on all the Marvel movies, and now, now I'm on Star Wars. Yeah, Braxton, Braxton's treating you right. You know, you're learning the right way. One of my favorite Denver airport stories is it was 2016, and it was right before Carson Wentz got drafted, and we were waiting. We had the craziest layover. It was like eight hours in the Denver airport, and we were. Gross. We were juggling, but like we were juggling and one of us was walking next to the walking escalator and the other person was on it. And we would like juggle and then try to like throw it to the other person. They'd try to start juggling. And Carson Wentz just happened to be going through the airport. And this was, he was trying to keep like a low profile, had the hood on, didn't want any attention uh-huh. to himself. And he like walked past us and he looks over and just like shakes his head in disgust <laughs> i'm sure he's like oh my gosh they, they're representing yeah. ndsu so, ripping rip him well ripping him well yeah yeah he didn't think so but it's just yeah. another day in the denver airport I've, I've heard quite a few stories about like what goes on here where all the i don't know there's some big conspiracy theories about the denver airport so we might have to go exploring here in just a little bit yeah see if we can't find uh find anything of uh, suspicious yeah, open dude. some doors. Denver Airport is sus for sure. I don't know. I don't know who started all that, but I've heard those stories too. Yeah. So you mentioned him earlier, but Tanner Meyer from Mankato State. Tell us a little bit about the just like bromance that you guys have, yeah. and and you guys have let Jared in on it too. So just yeah, so, you know, tell us about your guys' relationship. I think I think we've become a throuple now. Uh, unfortunately, I had him all to myself last year, but. Now I've got to share a little bit, but it's just, it's a lot of fun having another guy in the NSIC who can run what we can do and can beat us on any given day. Like anytime we lace up, I feel like it's anybody's race. It started to seem like it's more Jared's race now, but we're, we're coming after him. Us old guys got a little bit left in the tank, I think. So, um, and he's just a great dude. Uh, I started talking to him after I got a little bit faster and I was just like, Hey, I'll, see if I can build a relationship with some of the guys in our conference, just because we're all trying to work towards the same thing, which is nationals and going into some meets. It's nice to have a guy we can talk to who's like, Hey, we're going to go at this pace or we're going to try and do this. And it's just nice to know that somebody else in the NSIC is uh, grinding just as hard as we are. So conference isn't just a cakewalk and we've actually got to work for it. You guys, uh, you guys feel like it's the NSIC versus the rest of D2. It, it is, I mean, I'm not going to say that we have one of the deepest conferences because there's definitely some pretty good ones out there. But in terms of mid-distance, I think we've got a three-headed dragon. Uh, minus, like, obviously, we're all we're dragons here, but uh, we'll add Tanner to that mix here. And I think we've got a pretty pretty nasty little thruple that we've got going on that can really give people scares at the national scene. Yeah, I feel like I feel like even going back to, to like, the um... – uh, like Nadir's day and, you know, the Brady mm-hmm. Spriker sort of age. There was, I always got this sense, like this little chip on the shoulder from the MSUM guys. Yeah. Like, like, uh, you know, I, I, I can't quite put my finger on what it was, but like mm-hmm. the rest of the rest of D2 is like different, you know, like kind of with like the altitude yeah. conversions, stuff like that. But um, yeah. I don't know. I, I love the NSIC. I think it's one of like the best, like uh, geographic conferences, in all of uh-huh. like the NCAA system. Uh, I think it just provides something like pretty unique and I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. cool to see, cool to see when, when you guys do well. So 
And I feel like we always have had just some pretty consistent like dogs within the within the ranks. We had Austin Miller who graduated last year as a pro yeah. for Tim Manley now. Tanner's looking at going pro here soon. Um, ben Allen out in Empire Elite. Just yeah. Some some pretty solid guys who place place pretty well at nationals, and then obviously Deer, Josh Young, Brady. We just consistently had some pretty top tier, I think, mid distance slash distance athletes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like even on the on the women's side, like the you Mary, you know, had some pretty good cross country success, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, it's cool, cool to see. Uh, so, fine, go ahead, Ryan. You go. I was just gonna say, so you guys, you know, we're talking to you on Tuesday. I'm assuming Thursday's day of the first round. Just talk us kind of yeah. a bit now between now and then you know you're hopping on another plane um just tell us kind of your schedule here your itinerary the next few days jared's got the first race here so he'll be thursday i'll be friday so i'll let him go over that i don't really know if our coaches have anything planned for us but we're gonna be up in on the plane what probably 30 minutes or so and i'm gonna keep binging on star wars get, get those done just uh, try and chillax, chill out, sit in the hotel. We're gonna we're gonna watch Ant Man Quantum Mania. I think we'll try and just keep a low profile like we did at indoor nationals. We kind of just watch TV all day. I I got Netflix. I got any streaming service you can ask. So we just we just sit there and watch a little bit. I I mentioned that I wanted to go thrifting a little bit too, which I think could be a could be a good scene out here in Colorado. I bet yeah. we find some some hidden gems out here. We might get bored and have a few adventures, but we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna try and retire something. Yeah, stay out of the sun. Yeah. Honestly, sounds like in an ideal sort of setup. Just chilling, waiting to yeah. absolutely send it on the track. You know, it's a, it sounds like kind of weird, but I I miss I miss being able to you know have no guilt in how much TV I was watching because I knew I was about to just hammer on the track uh-huh. later in that evening. You know, so yeah. I I totally know where you guys are coming from. Um, mm-hmm. Last last question I got. Um, you guys don't have to get too specific if you don't want to, but what would what would a successful weekend at nationals look like for each of you guys? Personally, for me, I think I think a PR would be good. I want to. Di- I know I'm capable of dipping into the 48s. It just depends on where that range is. Um, and I think if I'm due, it, it needs to come now. And um, I think if I run 48 in the prelim, there's no reason why I can't make the final. And I just I just want to race race what I can do and put my best foot forward. If I make the final, I make it. If I don't, it's water under the bridge. I've got another year and just try and come back and get to that stage again, I guess. But I'm a, obviously I'm looking to make the final and get one of those trophies that I got uh, skimmed out on and for indoor because of the protests, but it is what it is. And um, just, I don't know, make the finals probably just the main goal for me. Yeah. Um, I'd say successful weekend for me is make the final. So I haven't made one of those yet. And um, say just, all-American finish, but hopefully top five. I think that's kind of been what I've been telling people is, you know, I'm hoping for. Um, run a PR, run a PR, but we're at altitude, so I don't know how to think about it. 
I got those conversions if if I was on. So as a team focus too, we've got Ashley in the pole vault and Robin in the four hundred. I think if we all four come away with all American like we did indoor, it'll be a pretty successful trip for the for the Dragons again. I think Ashley hopefully can win it this time. She got runner up during indoor, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's awesome. I love your guys' uh, you know, perspective and kind of the mindset you have going into it. Uh, way more balanced than I would have been if I was in your situation. I would have been a total wreck. So, uh, man, wish you guys the best of luck. And, man, we're, we're really looking forward to seeing how you guys do. And, uh, yeah, safe travels the rest of the way. Thank you guys for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. It is always a pleasure to get some MSUM athletes on the show, especially when they're named Braxton Brewer and Jared Gregoire. We've how long have we been talking about getting Braxton on? Oh man, long time, long time. That that one's way overdue. So wish him the best of luck at NCAA's, and yeah, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how he does. I I think it's going to be a good weekend for both those guys. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to get him on for like a whole comprehensive interview too, just because like. You can only do so much when you're in the Denver airport. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, I remember I remember Braxton. He was a he was a Bison Cross Country Camp guy back in the day. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember that correctly. So we'll have to we'll have to have him back on, have him tell tell stories about that. And uh yeah, it'll be good. So the other half of this episode, we wanna break down state meet that's coming up this weekend. It is kind of the culmination of a weird track season took forever to get outdoors we finally got meets but it seemed like teams were having to travel pretty far to get them in finally the weather kind of cooperates and we've had some pretty impressive performances considering the tumultuous season but we just want to make sure we're going to highlight 10 things that you might see at the state track meet this weekend so we'll go one through ten i got the first one cam are you ready i'm ready all right. Now, the first one is kind of fun. These are some prop bets that I'm going to ask you. Give me the the over, the under, yes or no. So the first one, okay. Do we think it's going to rain at all this weekend? Now, I haven't looked at the weather report. You could probably do that and have a better guess. I'm going to say it's 100% going to rain. Really? I mean, over over three days. I, I heard that there's thunderstorms in the... I haven't checked. Full disclosure, I haven't checked. I have not looked, but it's it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And honestly, I just pulled up the weather and it looks like you're exactly right. Chances of yeah. thunderstorms like the next 10 days straight. Weatherman cam. It's going to rain. Weather cam. Okay. Um, next prop bet is Norm's Burgers going to be back at the state track meet dishing up some delicacies. It's not a state meet without it. Yes. Easy. Dude, they're so good. Okay. Third one. Will all of our champions in the 100 and 200 across all genders, all classes use blocks? You know, last year, if, you know, knowing what I knew from last year, I might say no, but I'm going to say there's a a buck against the trend of no blocks. Winners will use blocks this year. (laughs) That was the most roundabout way to answer that question. There will be blocks. All right, last prop bet. 
is the majority of people attending the state meet still disapproving of the three-day meet schedule? Ooh. Or have we or have we grown to love it? See, now that I'm gonna be able to be there this year for all three years, I'm excited to have three days of track and field. Uh, as opposed to just cramming it into two. I do think it makes day three super electric. I mean, day three is always super electric, but, uh, and especially that, I mean, I'll, I'll go off on my distance tangent here in a little bit, but especially when you got just that 800, you got to worry about on that, on that Saturday, I think people are going to really come around. I don't know if it'll be a majority, but people are going to come around to the three day meet this year. Okay. Fair enough. I still think. It's an okay idea if it's done correctly. Do I think it's being done correctly? No, I think they need to tweak the schedule a little bit. But that's besides the point because we're not worried about the schedule itself. We're more concerned about the athletes and the performances that we're going to get to see. Absolutely. Okay, Cam, I'm taking the leash off you. Go ahead. Go off on your distance tangents. Well, yeah, I kind of alluded to this, and I'm just going to let my distance kind of bias show. When I propose, <laughs> when I propose to you, that Ryan we, Ryan, we should do a top ten things from the state meet. But four of my things are actually all distance, <laughs> and each of the four have three sub points that is each of the events in the distance. So I'll try and be quick with it. I'm going to start in the Class A girls distance events. Um, I mean. We've seen, especially in the 800, Lauren Dosh, you know, six seconds faster than the next fastest time so far this season. She's kind of the favorite, but across the 1600 and the 3200, we got a pretty tight pack in terms of like times. Uh, Eva Selinski of St. Mary's is the current leader in the 1600. Jalen Ogle, our cross country champ, is the current leader in the 3200 meter. So we could see three different champs come across, uh, you know, from three different schools across those three different events in the class a girls distance. So, um, I wonder the last time, last time we've seen that it probably is more recent than I think, but it seems like we've had a string of dominating performances. Yeah. Yeah. It could honestly could have been last year for all I remember. (laughs) Right. Right. But it is one of those things where, especially in the distance, I feel like you, well, even in the sprints, you know, it's like, Oh, whoever wins the one is probably the favorite in the two. Whoever wins the mile is probably the favorite in, either the two mile or the, you know, or the 800. So, um, yeah, actually kind of in a transition to class a, uh, boys, uh, we did have three different champs last year, Ryan, uh, Ethan Moe in the 800 Corsmo in the 16 and, uh, Caden Johnson in the 32. So yeah, one of those things where it's probably not as uncommon as you, you might think, but it does kind of catch you off guard. Uh, when it does happen, you almost expect to see those double champs, but, mm-hmm. uh, moving into class a boys, um, Ethan Moe, your two-time defending champ in the 800 is the state leader right now in the 800. So you're on 154 and a filthy, he's the leader in the mile as well. A filthy 412 at the West region meet. I heard he went four ten or two ten, and then he ran two Oh two to run that 412. So uh, look to him to, I mean, first and foremost, I, I'm sure he wants that three-peat in the 800. Uh, he'll be challenged by the likes of Quinn Rail, who is run 155 and 414 in the 800 and the mile. Uh, Quinn has only lost to two, did I get that right? Yeah, 
He's only lost to Owen Sundog in the two mile and Austin Warner in the two mile uh, against North Dakota athletes so far this season. So he's put up uh, really good times, uh, second in the eight mile and two mile, uh, and he's raced very well. Uh, you know, also look for those Bismarck guys and, uh, you know, Parker Hintz, Tyler Wall in the two mile, Ivan Askham in the 32, uh, it's going to be some good racing. Owen Sondag is the leader in the two mile. He ran a filthy nine fifteen down at Howard Wood. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to, it's going to be start starting off with a bang. You know, we're going to see the, the Owen versus Quinn versus Ivan, you know, sort of match up that we we saw a little bit in in past cross country seasons so one omission ryan uh no corsmo uh I, I believe i i never got confirmation uh as to you know what was going on but i'm assuming some sort of injury so tough to see our defending state champ in the mile out uh but it'll open up a opportunity for somebody to come in and and maybe secure their their first uh state championship so yeah, and then just to to kind of back check myself, dude, we totally had three different girls champions in the distance events last year. <laughs> so I'm sure the people listening to this to this point have just been groaning at me, and I don't blame you because I remembered Aaron Palmer in the 800. Yeah, I was having troubles with mile and two mile. I think I just kind of had him. Uh, I knew one and not the other, and couldn't remember if it was different. But we had Annaline in the mile for Fargo North. Yeah. Um, and how can I forget my Fargo North Spartans, you know, my one year of teaching there. Wow. And then Eleni Lovegren in the two mile. So we totally had three different champions last year. So I'm talking like it's this big, crazy thing. And it is literally 365 days ago. Yeah. I, I do think, I mean, to give you a little bit of a, of a break though, I, I do think it is kind of significant when, uh, you know, you get different, I don't know, variety in champions, you know, it's, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like I was saying, you know, you expect the person who won the hundreds also win the 200, you know, or at least to be the favorite. So when it, when it doesn't pan out like that, you know, the number of times we've seen multiple champs in one year is, is, I don't know. It, it just sticks out. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a break on that. I won't, I'm not groaning too bad, Ryan. Yeah. Hey, I don't want to interject your distance dream. So keep it going. What else we need to watch on the distance? All right. We're going to go, we're going to go to class B boys. No huge surprise here. The Bowman County boys have topped the charts. Taylor Warner, the 10th grader, he's around 155, 65. That is five seconds faster than second ranked Keaton Olson from Kindred. Keaton Olson has had a, had a great, uh, season for the Vikings. That's a team that we're going to talk about in just a little bit. Um, so, but I mean, we've seen what the Bowman guys can do on the cross country course. Uh, they put up the times at the braces so far this season, uh, to show that they, they have, they have the fitness, they have the strength. Uh, they set, I'm just going to pull it up real quick. I mean, Austin Warner broke the Southwest region, 1600 meter record running 432. Yeah. And I mean, not too long ago. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I could, I could go on about times and stuff like that, but, um, it's going to be good racing. One, I guess thing that was really kind of stuck out to me. That was a little bit of a surprise is dipping into the sprints a little bit, but Taylor Warner, he's fifth ranked in class B in the 400 as well. Mm -hmm. And at that region meet, 
Uh, he won the 800 in a meet record and he won the 400. So that's a pretty filthy double. So I'd expect to see a pretty good four by eight out of them as well. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, it should be no surprise at this point, the Bowman boys, when they're on the track, they're ones to watch and never count them out. Absolutely. Final distance point that I have for okay, everybody this is, here. So prop bets was number one and now you've hit two, three and four. So this is yep. Number five. Give it to this us. Is number five. Yep. Uh, man, it's going to be the racing, the racing that happens on the class B women's girls distance side. It is tightly contested seconds separating first through fifth. Um, it's basically, you know, call it for anybody you want looking at the 3,200. I'm just going to run down the top five. Hannah Weston from Shiloh Christian, Ruby Nassett of Hedinger County, Bryn Hansen, uh, cross country champ uh, from Delax Burlington, Kennedy Pazerndick of Carrington, and Jenna Soini, a name we're very familiar with. They're all within, you know, about 10 to 12 seconds of each other in, you know, that two mile. Everybody's going to be coming in fresh. So, I mean, who I, I'm not going to call it. I'm not confident enough. I don't want to get canceled, Ryan. You know, I, I like hot takes, but when the races are that tight, I don't know. It's just one that you'll have to come out Thursday and watch that, that class B girls, 3,200, uh, probably, you know, back to the three day meet thing. The, the highlight of the, you know, being able to highlight that 32, I think is probably one of, one of my favorite things of, of the new meet schedule. So they really get to those distance. People really get to get their flowers and stuff and then get a little extra rest for the, for the mile and the, and the eight later. So going to be good racing lots of you know obviously Bryn Hansen has kind of the pedigree of of the champion amongst those uh those athletes so uh look to her to do her thing and and reclaim some more state titles but like I said I'm not going to call it so okay I'm I'm done I'm off I'm off my distant soapbox all right I'm pumped for it I'll go while you catch your breath thank you Okay, number six. Let's go to the field a little bit. We talked a lot about the track. Minot triple jumpers. You got to watch them this weekend. So on the boys' side, we've got a bunch that are ranked in the tops of the state. And go back to WDA. We'll go to conference. Minot triple jumpers. They went one, two, three, and five. So that's a ton of points for the team. And that's huge. You know, in a team race, I don't know where Minot's going to be scoring other points this weekend, but it's going to have big implications for the team race. Now, going in, we've got Anthony Brown. He's jumped 45 feet even. He's ranked second in the state. Then we have John Williams, the third from Minot. He's ranked fourth in the state going in. And then Grayson Schaefer, who's really not too far behind Williams, um, he's ranked fifth in the state. So we got three in the top five. They did well at WDA. And Cam, I think you had a stat on like where they sit now within Minot school records. Yeah, I mean... Those, those guys are, you know, putting up good marks, you know, across the state uh, against the competition, but historically in my not school history, uh, they are ranked, you know, Anthony Brown is ranked second in school history. John Williams is fourth. Grayson Schaefer is fifth. Zach Brown is seventh in school history. So, I mean, we're, we talk, especially in cross country season, you know, with the Bowmans, the Newtowns, the Bismarcks, you know, deep teams that are, have a lot of depth in a single event. You know, 
And this is one of those teams that has depth in a single event, and it's a triple jump. So, uh, you know, track fans, pay attention. Put this triple jump on watch. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a good competition. And I don't know what day that lines up on, but make sure you check your schedule, figure it out, be there. And yeah. honestly, the, the jumps get so electric at the state meet. It is. You get, the, you get the clap going, you get all the people that kind of sit on the edge there, and you get the fans on the hill. It's It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to the track again. We'll come back to the field, I promise. But another topic that really shouldn't be a surprise, legacy sprinters. So Mm -hmm. we've seen legacy put up just unbelievable times all season, individually and on the relays. You know, they went down to Howard Wood, broke state records or tied state records in the 4x1, 4x2, 4x4. Going into the state meet, here's how the legacy boys sit. In the 100, they're sitting 1, 2, and 5. In the 200, they're sitting one through three. And in the 400, they're one, two. Now we're going to run into an, maybe not an issue because they're deep, but these guys can only run four events. So where are you plugging the guys in? Because these guys are studs on, you know, three individual events and three relays. So that's going to be interesting. You know, like we said in previous episodes, incredible problem to have as a coach. But if the season's, you know, trajecting like, any way that it's gone before, like we're going to see some really great things at the state meet. Yeah. And I, oh man, I would love, love to see a one, two, three sweep in, in any of the sprint events. You know, I, I wish I, I wish I knew kind of how that, uh, that, you know, event assignment was going to look. Cause that, that's a really good point, Ryan. I mean, you got guys who are probably looking to run two, you know, maybe two relays, you know, he's Reese snow is ranked third in the 200. Is he going to run the, the one and the two and the four by one and the four by two, or is he a guy you need in the, in the four by four? I mean, I just don't know the, the ins and outs of that. Um, but I mean, if, if anybody's going to have anything to say about it in at least the 200, it's the Zulu twins from Fargo South. They put up some pretty good times so far this season and, you know, I've challenged in, in some of the relays as well. So, I mean, I don't think we're just handing the, the trophies to legacy, you know, those Fargo South boys have been, uh, have been putting in work too. So I think it'll be good competition. Yeah. It's going to be really, really good. So make sure you watch it. All right. I said, we'd go back to the field, so let's do it. Now this matchup won't actually happen in real life, which I'm a little disappointed about because we've got class a, Bismarck Century versus Class B Kindred in the boys shot put. Okay. All right. Let me break this thing down for you. So you've probably heard the name Riley Sunram before just because he's a, he's a dog, right? Um, You've probably heard the name Jack Packer before because he's also a dog. Dog. Yes. Um, They're sitting one, two respectively in the state right now. Now, hopefully you've heard of Blake Hauska um, from Kindred as well, because he's sitting third in the state. Right. Is down. he also a dog? Blake Huska is a dog. Yep. Certified. And then, you know, a century's got two guys sitting fourth and fifth in the state, Jacob uh, Burkhardt and then Evan Schmidt. And, you know, they're the top guys in class A. So I just wish that we could get all these guys in the same ring at the same time uh, and see them go head to head. Cause I think we'd probably see some electricity and we'd probably see some new PRs from everybody involved. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, both schools don't run away with it because as far as century goes like 54 feet, 
like, don't get me wrong. It's really good, but that's probably, you know, probably one of the lower class A shot put marks that we've seen in a while, but I would just love to see some fireworks from the throws area this weekend. So kindred boys are always good. You, you have an affinity for kindred. So we've heard you talk about them multiple times. So yeah, watch them, watch century. It'll be good. And you think people are, are getting fed up of me talking about kindred. You haven't gone off too much this season. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't had really a chance to. So, I mean, let me just, bro they uh, 60 seconds on the clock go <laughs> this is they won the southeast region by like 200 points or like 150 points they scored 258 points lisbon was second with 98 and a half who does dog. that dog that's that's all i gotta say <laughs> we'll keep moving and, on. and i mean and it's not just like <laughs> okay this is the last thing it's not like they're just like uh you know against you know they're not it's not like they're not good right you just they have the three best shot put throwers in the state you know competitive marks in the sprints you know setting school records you know in in their distance events you know they're they're mixing it up man they are fantastic yes no and i i'm serious about that kindred is they're always good they're always a force to be reckoned with and expect them to be in the race for the class b boys team title yeah, that always no are. Doubt. No doubt. Okay. Sprint trifecta. That was what you labeled oh. this trio of Kelsey Belquist, yes. CCD Bomb, and Elise Wisniewski. So, I mean, same thing. We get to see Belquist and Wisniewski go head to head, depending on, you know, what events they decide to do. I would imagine we'd see him probably in the one and the two. Uh, we get to see CC kind of in a league of her own on Class A, although she's going to have some pretty stiff competition from you know a decent field in the class a but i think we just got to keep our fingers crossed that um we see some i'm hoping that we see some like state records or maybe even you know state meet records overall records you name it go down between these three women yeah it's been i mean it's been a great season for you know Kelsey, Elise, and Cece. I was a little surprised. Maybe I just missed it, but I didn't see Cece in any results from like the EDC meet. Uh, it seems like I haven't really seen many results from her from Howard Wood, which she you know, ran well. So there's no indicator that <clears throat> you know anything's wrong there necessarily. But uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I think you know it'll kind of come down to the weather. You know, as we talked about, you know, is it going to rain? You know kind of kind of who cares if it's going to rain or not you know it's when you know you have a, a stellar athletes like this competing you know we we like to see the times uh and the times can kind of give us a a bookmark in history of like oh yeah I remember when they broke that record um but if you know you have an an exceptional athlete that's going to go on to do like great things and has already done great things just watching them compete is is really you know we should we should appreciate that so uh, we've really been treated the last, you know, two, three years to watch some, of uh, you know, North Dakota girls sprints be the best that they've, they've ever been. So, uh, just excited for another chance to, to watch the, the greats do their thing. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think now I don't want to like do too many comparisons here cause that's not fair, but if you remember, Laura Raisler, she's a senior, gets beaten 100 by Morgan Milbreath. Both went on to have awesome college careers. Uh, Raisler winning the Bowerman, 
Uh, Morgan was an All-American at NDSU. And, you know, senior freshman matchup in the 200, you know, CC is almost eight-tenths of a second faster than the next best runner, but that next best runner is a freshman, Michelle G from West Fargo. So I don't know, maybe it's a passing of the baton, even though it's an open event and not a relay, but um, I don't know. You can make up as many storylines as you want. That's the funny thing is we could make up a million bullet points of things to watch at the state meet, but I'll just, we'll nestle that one in there. Kind of a sub bullet point. Yeah. And like I said, all the, all the respect to CC because she's almost up by a second, but I guess you just never know. Right. And the one thing that the only thing that could make this state meet, you know, better is if Kelsey Belquist was able to do more events. (laughs) Just not enough, not enough time. Yeah, we can we can keep dreaming. Yeah. All right, five you ready for five you ready? <laughs> ready for bullet point number ten? Yes. All right, I got to give a shout out to the alma mater, Red River High School, and we have, you know, I feel like this may be the first time this has happened. And like I said, twenty minutes ago, I was like, this has never happened. Or when was the last time this happened? Yeah. It was last year. But Red River right now has the top marks coming in in the four by four. In the four by eight. So in the four by four, the tandem, uh, I guess the quadruple. Um, the what double did, tandem. What did, what did Braxton, the, the thruple plus one? <laughs> Gosh. So the four by four, let's just get to it. Morgan uh, Artsy, Lauren Dosh, Emily Nelson, and Jocelyn Schiller. All right. That's your lineup. They've run four flat. Which, the quad, Ryan. It's, they, there's the a name quad. for groups of four. The quad. The relay. <laughs> The quad, yeah. You got to stop trying to be so creative. <laughs> the four by four, let's just call them that. Yeah. Um. No. Anyway, they they have the top time in the state coming in, and then that same quad in the four by eight has run nine twenty seven, which is thirteen seconds faster than second ranked Watford City. So we've talked about them before. We got a bunch of athletes on there, and they're doing great things. So got to give a shout out to them, and I'm fully expecting them to walk away with some hardware. And Lauren Dosh is the state leader in the open eight. She's ran two twelve this season. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see see what she can do, and she can also come home with another gold medal. Yeah, exciting exciting times for the uh, the riders of uh, Red River High. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they also have the state leader in the javelin as well. Yeah, it's Ella Wiper, who's almost got a twenty foot gap on the next second best throw of the state so there you go. we'll see what see what red river can do and okay one more if i if i must red Bonus. river caleb severson is ranked fourth in the hundred right now coming in that last time they would have had anybody ranked in the top five would have been before my time so there's a lot of good sprinters like in the the mid to late 2000s like maybe 2010 but otherwise we haven't seen that in a long time so Oh, I'm excited for the Rough Riders. Excellent. Man. Per- perfect. So those, in in summary, those are your 10 things to watch. There's a lot more to watch, too. We wish we could cover all of it, but we just, we'd be here all day, and we just can't do that. But you're going to be there. So you're going to be at the state meet. Yep, yep. Planning is to be at the state meet, so uh, all three days. So we'll see how how I feel for sure be there watching Quinn for for his events, you know. Hopefully able to be there for as much of it as I can, but uh yeah, dude, just excited to 
take in the Bismarck Bowl for my yearly yearly pilgrimage. And man, yeah, it's one of my favorite favorite weekends of the whole year. So awesome. Well, with that being said, if you see Cam, make sure you say hello. We're super excited that we were able to get an episode out before both NCAA's and the state meet. So state meet, you know where it's at. It's in Bismarck. If you want to check out D2's, the NCAA website should have a free stream of the D2 championships. So make sure you do your best to go on and find that. We'll try to post some links. And then we've also got NCAA West prelims this weekend. So the Bison and University of North Dakota will have some athletes out in Sac State. Uh, UND's put together some great graphics. NDSU's had some good posts. You can find some more info there on who's going to be representing them. But once again, it's another big weekend for track and field and we're excited to be on the cutting edge of it and trying to give you all the content we can. So best of luck to all the athletes who are competing across the country. Go get it. And we'll see you next week with what we hope is a excellent recap of everything that's going on. Let's go.